0: Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host Israel Smith and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome, let's get started. Well hello, welcome back to the Illuminating Lives podcast. You're with Israel and today is a special episode. It's the end of 2021 and I want to stay in touch. I want you to have something wonderful to listen to but I thought this is a great opportunity at this end of the year to reflect on some of my most popular episodes and some of the ones that I think are really, really relevant as we head into the silly season, as we spend time with In laws and outlaws, and parents and family, and all of the people who can push our buttons like you wouldn't believe. All the circumstances that stress us out sometimes, you know, overeating, overstimulating with too many people around, rushing from one place to another. Any of these things ring true this time of year? I'm not sure. Certainly true for me. Anyway, what I wanted to do today and for the next few weeks on the podcast is release some revisit episodes. So these are episodes I've already published this year, but that I think are particularly relevant. And they're some of the most popular ones with the most listens. So one of the things I invite you to do is the topic of the episode coming up, reflect on how it might affect your life or how you might learn from it as we close out 2021 and start planning for and setting our intention for 2022. I don't need to share with anyone just how much of a schmozzle the last two years has been globally, but I would encourage you to think about what intention can you take with you into 2022? How can you clear the slate over this December, January period, refresh, reset, maybe make some new commitments, maybe let go of some commitments, maybe prioritize your own health and well-being. I mean, I really dislike the concept of New Year's resolutions, but I do really love the idea of reflecting and then creating from a blank canvas for the coming year. So anyway, with all of that said, I'm really excited to share with you this revisit episode. Now, just before we get into this revisit episode, as we close out 2021, I want you to think about Do you have all of the people in your corner that you need to create an amazing 2022? Do you have the A-team surrounding you to help you achieve your goals or to help you become the person you've always wanted to become? Do you have the tools? Do you have the skills? Obviously, listening to this podcast helps an enormous amount, but for some of you, it's going to be the next step to book in some time with me to have a one-on-one breakthrough coaching session or potentially even to sign up for my six month coming home coaching program. I have some availability before Christmas and I'm returning to work early January. I would love to help you. So by all means, reach out via the DM details in the show notes and get in touch if you think that you might benefit from a breakthrough coaching session, a coming home coaching program or a speaking presentation. I look forward to serving you and your community. Thanks again. Back to the episode. Well, hello, dear listener. It's Israel Smith. Welcome to another episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. If you're new here, welcome. If you are not new here and you've listened for a while, welcome to you too. I'm really grateful to have you here and I am so excited about today's episode because it is one of my favorite topics. That might sound a little odd if you've read the title, you'll get a bit about where I'm coming from, but stick with me because I think there's there's going to be some really interesting stuff to come out of this episode for me and for you. So the title of this episode is Screw the Hustle, I'm Going to Bed. And the reason I wanted to share it in this way is because to me personally, there's such a broken culture of hustle, 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 work your butt off, work till your face falls off or your eyeballs bleed or who even knows. There's a whole host of people and aspirational kind of social media accounts with cute memes and power trippy sort of people going on like, you've got to work, you've got to hustle, and you've got to do all this stuff and you don't need sleep, you can sleep when you're dead and No, (laughs) not for me. That to me is just the, that's like the seventh circle of hell for me personally. I think that is a completely broken strategy. I think it is completely ludicrous and I just don't stand for it at all. So the whole hustle mentality is to me not a thing. Now let me qualify real quick. I do believe in putting in effort. I do believe in work. And I do believe in focused, effective, productive work. I don't believe work has to be hard. I don't subscribe to the idea that unless it's hard, it's not worthwhile. I do believe work can be wonderfully easy and fulfilling and a real flow experience. But I'm also so clear about my boundaries personally that I do not work when I'm tired or exhausted or push past when, you know, my eyes are stinging and my body's aching and all that kind of stuff and just kind of keep clubbing myself into oblivion because I'm not productive when I'm like that. And I put it to you that you're not productive when you're like that either. So here's the thing about sleep. Sleep was probably my number one treatment for the depression that I spoke about in one of my earliest episodes. That was the pivotal piece that got me back on deck. There were other factors, but that was probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one. Sleep is magical. Sleep is, is not a luxury, and this is a really important point. Sleep is not a luxury. Sleep is a basic human necessity. Rest is a basic human necessity, like food like shelter, okay, rest and sleep are not optional. You can't kind of skip out on this stuff. You may be able to in the short term, but it's not sustainable long-term. There's been countless studies that will support this idea that for us to really truly be our best as a race, as a species, we need between seven and nine hours every single night Not like one night a week, but every night. One of the reasons that this particular episode is a little bit late is because I had some downtime. I normally record episodes on a Friday or a Monday and in Australia, the Easter weekend has just come and gone and my wife and I said, okay, we're gonna actually down tools, we're gonna stop work Thursday afternoon and we're not gonna start again until Wednesday morning. So I'm recording this on Wednesday because my two normal recording days i was off the clock i was allowing myself to rest so i want to ask you do you take time off do you let yourself stop do you rest do you prioritize your sleep do you put away the to-do list do you put away the phone And do you let yourself slow down? If that feels unfamiliar to you, or if that whole concept is giving you a sense of anxiety, then I really want you to lean into this. If you do rest sometimes, but not all the time, or if you do sleep well sometimes, but not all the time, I still really want you to lean into this and to listen to this with open mind, open ears, open heart. Rest and sleep are so critically important that I feel like we're actually hurting ourselves whenever we don't give ourselves rest and sleep. Returning real quick to my depression and my recovery, One of the things, one of the first things my psychologist started working with me on was a thing called sleep hygiene. Now, sleep hygiene is much the same as personal hygiene in the sense that there are some rules and some boundaries about what's acceptable and what's not. And it's about putting things in place so that we can, so that I could be my best and recover from the burnout, the fatigue, the depression, the kind of exhaustion, the the wipeout that I was kind of in the thick of when I first started working on this with her. So sleep hygiene in that case for me looked like this. I would have an alarm set at eight o'clock all screens would go away. So I would have a full hour before I even got into bed where I had no screens. Occasionally I would stretch that a little bit to 8.30 if I was watching TV but as far as computer screens, phone screens, laptop screens, tablet screens, any of that sort of stuff, no dice. That would be taboo. That would be off limits. So eight o'clock PM, that'd go away. Nine o'clock, there'd been another alarm on my wife's phone this time. I'd go get into bed. She'd go to the kitchen and make me a chamomile tea with a teaspoon of honey. And I would go to bed at nine with a great book, some fiction, something that would not stimulate my mind, something that would just actually help kind of help me unwind and unravel from the day. And I'd sip my chamomile tea and I would lay in bed for half an hour and I would have lights out by nine thirty p.m. One of the things that my psychologist was at great pains to point out to me early in this process was that she had read studies that said that sleep before midnight Every hour of sleep that we get before midnight is equivalent to two hours of sleep after midnight. Now, I completely get that there are some people who are total night owls and who sleep beautifully after midnight until partway through the day, but broadly speaking, the general rule is if we get to bed before midnight, every hour that we are in bed before then counts to be about equivalent to two hours after midnight. So the best quality sleep happens when you get to bed that bit earlier. So my routine was 9.30 to bed, out of bed in the morning at 6am, pretty consistently bang on the dot of six. And so that would give me eight and a half hours of true, deep, wonderful sleep. Fortunately for me at that time, The symptoms I was experiencing were primarily depression. There was no real anxiety, mind-racy, spinny kind of stuff. It was more just the rumination-heavy sadness that I was really stuck in. So I didn't, (laughs) if I'm really telling the truth, I didn't really have a problem with sleep per se, but my routine for sleep was completely messed up. I wasn't getting enough of it. I wasn't sleeping well, meaning I was staying up way too late, getting up too early. I was kind of stimulants in the morning, caffeine, sugar, right through the day, and then alcohol in the afternoon or evening. Um, I was just sending my body sort of haywire with no routine and no regularity. And the thing about anything I'm I'm really learning more and more is that consistency is key. So especially when it comes to our rest and our sleep, consistency for me was essential. So that eight, eight and a half hours of sleep that I would get every single night, with alarms set at both ends to make sure I got my butt into bed on time and then got out at a consistent time, did wonders for me. That was so restorative, that was so deluxe. Because sleep works on a number of systems within our body. Sleep helps our brain file away our memories, to go from short term to long term, it helps us process, store, kind of digest everything that happens through the day. It lets our subconscious mind do what it needs to do. It lets our body physically heal, repair, recover. You know, we don't ever actually go into growth or repair mode when we are consciously awake. Our body tends to do its best healing when we're asleep because all the other stuff's kind of shut down our brain is our conscious brain is like one of the most energy hungry parts of our body so when that kind of dials it down to a really low sleep mode that lets the rest of our body kick up a gear recover repair do its stuff and hormonally our brain needs that time of switch off to help regulate and to help settle and balance so the whole concept of you know um, chemical imbalance or or a you know, uh, I suppose a topsy-turvy mindset or or brain kind of chemistry can actually be helped dramatically by great sleep. So you can see why I get passionate about this stuff, right? So many of the world's population are living in a hyper-connected, super-busy, screen-driven, caffeine and alcohol and sugar-driven haze, And we're never giving ourselves enough time to just slow down and rest, put the to-do list away, get the sleep that our body needs. So I'm curious actually for you, have a think about how much sleep do you think you actually need? And if it's less than seven hours, I'm going to tell you right now that I think you're kidding yourself. I think you might be able to function, but I don't think you're doing your best Self, a service. I don't think you are then giving your body what it needs to to really recover. Now, the other thing about this for me is, I guess the payoff or the trade-off, right? So if I am, a couple of my friends have kind of coined and then promoted this phrase that a tired brain is an a-hole. Totally, totally agree. It's the two leases that are kind of in my network, Corduff and Carpenter. If you haven't looked them up, please do. They're both amazing humans, but they both subscribe to this idea that a tired mind or a tired brain is an absolute a-hole. And it's for good reason. We don't regulate our emotions very well. We don't regulate our eating very well. We don't manage ourselves. Our energy is haphazard. We tend to rely a lot more on or crave a lot more carby fatty, salty, crappy food, sugary food, like all that sort of stuff. We tend to crave caffeine or alcohol. We t- Like all of these things that, you know, they're okay in mild moderation, but if you're really punching into this stuff all the time, we're talking kind of serious negative health impacts. I want to also draw this analogy to kids. So for those of you listening If you have kids, if your friends have kids, if you have siblings or nieces or nephews or what have you, you will totally get that a tired kid is hard work. There's a reason kids can get what's called overtired where they just don't kind of function properly and there's a reason why a lot of new parents are so militant almost about the sleep routine of their kids because they get completely the idea that If their kid is tired, their kid is no fun. Children who are fatigued or overtired, they don't eat well, they don't sleep well, they don't manage their emotions or their their energy very well, because, I mean, they're kids, firstly, but secondly, the brain is kind of all over the joint. So imagine for a minute that we are that kid. What makes us think What makes you think, I I know this for myself, I've lived and breathed this for over a decade. What makes you think that you can get by biologically without the rest and the sleep that your body requires? What makes you think you can bring your best self to your work, to your relationship, to your family, to your friendships, to your community, if you are not giving yourself downtime and rest and sleep? Maybe you think that rest or sleep needs to be earned. That you have to work super hard until you reach exhaustion before you're allowed to take time off. Maybe you feel like there's some connection between worthiness and just chilling out for a bit. Now, I have to say, I've been there. My wife and I have both been working on this a lot. And one of the things we've realized is that we are so used to, we are so habitually used to having a to-do list and working and working and working that to begin with, taking time out feels very foreign, but I have to say it's a practice and it gets so much easier and so much more joyful when you lean into that practice to just go, you know, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to read a book, or watch a movie, or sit on the back patio and watch the world go by, watch some kangaroos bounce past, whatever it is that tickles your fancy or is your ideal way of enjoying some downtime, but here's the kicker. We need to be able to cultivate this in a guilt-free manner without the word should entering into the vocabulary at any point. It's so important. Maybe you prioritise everybody else. Maybe you are the kind of person who puts everyone else's needs well ahead of your own. And if that's you, again, I get it. I hear you. I've been there. But again, it's a broken strategy. You may have heard me say on this podcast that the well-worn and time-honoured phrase of you need to put your own oxygen mask on first. Or, my other favorite one is, you can't pour from an empty cup. Good rest, good sleep, that's another way we fill our own cup. I know from firsthand experience that if I don't get eight hours sleep consistently, my resilience suffers. My desire to do physical exercise Goes out the window. My ability to consistently choose healthy foods vanishes into thin air and I just crave all of the garbage. And I'm not, I'm nowhere near my best for my wife, for my two kids, for my business, and for the people that I love and care about in my community. So to me, (laughs) I want to be that guy. I want to be the best version of myself for all those other people. But even more importantly, and this comes back to deserving, I've learned to love myself so much that I honor and choose my own rest when I need it without guilt, without shame, without shooting myself into the ground. I have really clear boundaries that I've developed around my work time versus my rest time. And I encourage you to do the same thing because here's the other kicker. When you say that you don't need as much sleep or that you think you can get by on less or you're not worth it or whatever the case may be, what you're really saying is it's more important To punish yourself, or it's more important to put everybody else ahead of yourself. And you really are saying, I kind of gave it away, you really are saying you're not worth it. You're not worth looking after. Have you ever bought a a car or a a new bike or something? When it's like, especially when it's a new purchase, but really when it's a valuable item in your life, you take care of it. Again, I've said this before the things you love, you take care of. The things I love, I take care of. And if you are not giving yourself rest, if you are putting all these conditions on it, like you you will rest when you have achieved X, Y, Z, or you will rest when you are worthy of it or what have you, then you don't really, you're not demonstrating love and care for yourself. And I hate to break it to you, but if you don't care for you then it's foolish to imagine that everyone else is going to care for you we really are responsible for our own well-being and our own self-care it's no one else's job it's ours unless you're a kid and if there's kids listen to this amazing but but it is your job to look after you it is your job to care for yourself Because what's the cost? If you don't, what is it costing you? If you are waking up tired every day, if you are staying up too late watching Netflix, scrolling social media, pouring all of those dopamine hits into your brain and not giving your body the rest and recuperation time that it needs, what is that costing you? What is it costing you at work? What is it costing you in your family? What is it costing you in your health and well-being? And most importantly, what is it costing you in your terms of your, your self-image? Or your self-esteem? Or your self-love? It's really important that we let ourselves rest and that we do it as an act of love for ourselves. That we sleep enough that we are able and willing to simply down tools and slow down because another thing that I've discovered about this is that the more I practice slowing down, the more I practice resting when I need it, the better I am in my work. I don't feel resentful towards work because I'm always working. I actually feel excited about work and recharged and energetic and you know, creativity and inspiration flows more freely. Everything tends to buzz along and I'm so much more productive and effective when I'm rested. So you can keep the hustle. You can keep the grind. You can keep the work your face off. I don't care for that. I choose differently. I choose to sleep when I need to sleep. I choose to prioritize my rest. I choose to make sure that my body has recuperated from all the different activities and fun stuff that I do and that I can continue to perform sustainably at my best. Because I love myself enough. Well, I love myself completely, but (laughs) I show myself my self love by prioritizing that and by caring for my body and my brain the way I need to. And I want you to do that too. I really, really encourage you to set some boundaries around your own screen use and to get yourself into bed early, guilt free. Get to bed at nine o'clock sleep through till six, and feel the difference in your body and in your brain. And it may be that you just get all the buzz from it in one go, and you're willing to make that shift, but it may be that you might need a couple of goes at it. But if you're resisting this, and if this is causing you to feel, you know, as I said at the start, anxious or nervous, this idea of resting and allowing yourself to stop, really wanna take a look at how that's working out. Okay, that's it for me for today. I am so grateful for you to be here. I hope that has helped shed some light on an alternative take. And I really do hope that this has impacted you and given you enough reason, enough cause to go, okay, I'm gonna do what Israel suggests. I'm gonna give myself the rest and the sleep that I need. Your body and your brain will love you for it. I will love you for it. I love you anyway. I wish you all of the very best until my next episode. Be well, be kind, and have an amazing day. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. Please help me reach more people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones and leaving me a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, I work as a one-to-one coach and professional speaker, helping dads in business and leadership find more peace, feel less stress, and be the best parent, husband, and leader they can be. If you'd like to work with me or have me present to your organization, please contact me via my website or social media. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, may you be free, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you live with ease.